0: Welcome to the Coffee and Questions Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number three of the Coffee and Questions podcast. Guys, I'm having a little bit of a deja vu moment this morning. I get to interview the very first gentleman that ever allowed me on his podcast, the one and only Phil Treadwell. So Phil, I'm so excited that you are here this podcast is all about people like you doing great things in the mortgage and real estate industry. And for me to be able to interview you, is just like a dream come true. So I'm so excited that you're here. And why don't you just tell our audience for those of them who don't know you a little bit about you and uh, where we can find you.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Uh, it's it's uh, an honor to be one of your first guests in launching a podcast. Obviously, podcasting has been a uh, very important part of, of my business and, and even life anymore. Uh, most of my uh, good friends and and uh, business uh, associates, if you will, have, have all you know made connections through the podcast. So uh, very excited to be on and, and uh, you've always been a great guest uh, for our podcast. So thank you for that as well. Um, uh, for those that don't know me, again, Phil Trudwell, uh, 17, almost 18 years in the mortgage industry, um, pretty much all that in the, in the sales side of the business and, uh, as a producer, branch manager, uh, regional manager, did a little bit of a stint as a, as a national director, uh, currently uh, building a team and branches uh, in Dallas area, center part of the country. Um, started a podcast about three and a half, four years ago called uh, Mortgage Marketing Expert, and uh, that stemmed out of uh, my attempt at creating content to uh, attract other mortgage professionals as I was a non-producing regional manager. I recruited and when I got outside of the markets that uh, i had worked in or, or had offices in uh, people didn't know me people didn't know my company and so i was trying to uh, at the time you know do some content marketing social media in mortgage and real estate uh, at that time wasn't really mainstream and uh, so i started doing some content marketing blogging trying to get featured in articles because uh, we Googled people at the time, and so I wanted to give people something to Google. Well, you know, very quickly uh, I saw this uh, this crazy guy yelling on social media named Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk, and uh, realized that social media was where it's at. So, um, started creating content on social. Doing uh, had a page called Mortgage Marketing Expert uh, only because I owned the domain name, and uh, we were doing a mortgage marketing tip of the day just to again attract the type of audience that that we wanted to to connect with and network with. Um, very quickly the page took off, but after about 90 days we started running out of stuff to say. There's only so many good liners, uh, one-liners we could come up with, and so we only started the podcast originally to bring experts on within the industry. Uh, you know, uh, interview them, get some of their content, and then share those quotes to feed that Instagram page. Uh, we were obviously very short-sighted and realized there was a much bigger opportunity that would come out of that, and uh, it's absolutely exploded. And we've done you know a lot of cool things since then, and had a lot of really awesome guests, uh, you know, Michelle, you you included. So um, I'm sure we'll we'll dive into a little bit of that today, but. Um, almost everything I do is is around uh, you know mortgage and real estate industry, but very passionate about uh, you know mentorship, coaching, building people, you know entrepreneurship, and uh, you know that mindset piece of it. I don't know if that gets talked about quite as much, uh, but I think that uh, content's a great opportunity to to advance those things and and for people to kind of share more about who they are, not just what they do.
0: Yeah, and I want to I want to piggyback off of what you just said before we get into the the meat and potatoes of this because I think we have a really good conversation. Coming about repurposing content and how we can do that. But before we do, I think something that you mentioned that I'd love for you to just kind of expand on is how just a few years ago, the power of social media and what we now know it as was pretty much not a thing, right? I mean, it really wasn't nearly what it is today. Um, And I actually had the pleasure of interviewing someone the other day um, who said something very similar: who said, you know, when I first joined the mortgage industry before the crash, Uh, how we generated leads was so different. And then even fast forward four or five years after the crash, right to 2014, 2015, um, Instagram was just becoming a thing at that time. That's pretty much when I entered the market of Instagram. Um, But what you're talking about is even a few years after that. So why don't you talk to me about what you've seen over the last, you know, call it eight years. um, And especially in the last handful, just from your perspective.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, my my career started in, you know, uh, 2003, 2004. And yeah, the way we lead generated was networking and, uh, you know, reaching out to realtors for referrals. Um, I always, you know, tell the story. I don't necessarily tell, tell it here, but I used to take just black and white photocopied flyers and just, you know, paper the town, go to all the real estate offices, you know, sometimes twice a day. And, uh, you know, hope that someone would pick up and and, want to have a conversation or while someone was there, I could, you know, do that one-on-one, you know, hand-to-hand combat, if you will. Facebook itself, I didn't really get on personally until, um, I want to say, uh, either 2006 or 2008, I don't really remember, but it still wasn't necessarily a staple of how we marketed and branded. It was still a young thing, you know. That wasn't uh, necessarily uh, uh, how you built your business, and, and maybe you talked about it a little bit. And, and every once in a while, my memories, I'll, I'll get some some posts that they're shown to me. But through the crash, it was a, it was a very different thing. You know, people started doing a lot more on social media, specifically Facebook and Twitter. You know, I remember around 2009, uh, getting on Twitter as well. And then you know, later into the, the early 2010s, we're, we're still really focused on this old school you know, type of doing business. As social media has progressed, the adoption rate in other industries has been very, very high. Right, that a lot of other, uh, whether it's it's uh, you know indie makeup was a big one that realized, hey, this is the great equalizer from some of these conglomerates. You know, we can we can really create a, a cult following and, and build a brand very quickly. Um, there's a lot of other industries that did it well. You know, craft beer and and uh, a lot of things really gravitated towards social media because it was an opportunity to reach people without having to have a Super Bowl you know, commercial budget, you know, just because we're not too too long after the Super Bowl here, it's kind of top of mind. Um, you know, for me in particular, we started doing stuff on social media a lot earlier than most people in the mortgage and real estate industry. I think that You know, 2017 was whenever we started really giving a lot of focus. Now we were doing a lot of stuff on it before then, you know, we were sharing stuff, uh, you know, from platforms like MBS highway or mortgage coach, we're sharing stuff about the economy. We're sharing articles, um, you know, even some graphics and, and, and stuff here and there, but we weren't utilizing video, um, and, and we weren't creating a strategy. And I think that a lot of times in business, uh, in in our industry, anyway, I'll, I'll speak, uh, you know, from personal experience, They saw social media as an advertising opportunity as opposed to a connection opportunity. And I think a lot of people to this day are still struggling with the fact that, you know, social media is about being social, right? When we talk about the networking events you used to go to, there's only so many hours in the day that I can go to networking events or cold call people. Where social media has the opportunity to exponentially grow my potential audience and it, uh, you know, uh, greatly reduces the amount of time that it takes for me to reach those people. Where the challenge comes in is, you know, people, you know, are essentially creating commercials and they're creating advertising as opposed to marketing. And and I've always said that, that marketing is about getting someone's attention sales are what makes them a customer. And so many people are just trying to sell online. That's really what an advertisement is, is you're attempting to sell someone on your product without you physically having to be there. And, and I don't think we talk enough about the differences between sales and marketing. And, and this isn't necessarily the, the time to do it, but there is a difference. And we need to be using social media to get someone's attention and to connect with people and find those commonalities, those communities, you know, those, those things that inherently connect us and then, in turn, take those relationships offline, right? Because we still want to do business with people, especially coming out of COVID. People are craving in-person uh, events and one-on-one coffee appointments. And even our team, these last few months, as we've, as I've, kind of shifted my focus from you know corporate senior sales leader activities to really on the ground uh, working with with referral partners and clients and my loan officers. Uh, people are, are are absolutely down to have a cup of coffee with you where, you know, they maybe they weren't a year ago or even a couple of years before we had you know, the other restrictions because of COVID. So, you know, the spirit of your question is it's not just about how social media has progressed itself. It's our philosophy and how we use it. Companies are now, I think, you know, 80% of, of companies out there, both mortgage and real estate understand the power of social media. They understand that you have to have a marketing strategy to not only create more attention, but to give your audience something to to look at and stay top of mind. Um, And and the last thing I'll kind of say is the the two things people have to remember is one, we're not just competing with uh, each other, other companies. We're not competing with even people on social media. We're competing for people's attention. Not even just on social media. We're competing with you know uh, uh, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and all these different things. People are consuming content of all mediums on all devices. And if you don't have something to keep people engaged, if you don't have a way to connect people and make them want to pay attention, they're not going to. And again, if you're focusing on this advertising commercial model, it's just like when we were kids, or those of us that are a little bit older were kids and there was three channels. If there was too many commercials, what'd you do? You change the channel. And God forbid the president was on because then you couldn't, your night was shot. You weren't watching anything. So I, I think that if you'll give somebody the opportunity to to focus on what you're doing and and how you're doing it, um, people will because there's there's so many in our industry that aren't doing it and you'll set yourself apart extremely quickly.
0: Yeah, I think I want to piggyback again and say something else that you just said that. I get to talk about a lot and I don't think enough people have conversations around is selling on Instagram. In my case, right. Is what I, I teach people how to not have to sell on Instagram in order to generate people that just come to them. But how do we do that? And I think you just answered that in a much more poetic way than I ever could, but essentially creating connection, developing conversations through shared connection that then leads to Conversion, right? That then leads to, hey, let's go have coffee, or hey, let's go meet up, and you know, let me take you and your wife out to dinner, or you know, whatever. Um, and I, I think this is something that we need to talk about. It's if you go into using social media with the intention of I'm doing this to generate more leads for myself, you won't generate leads. Period, right? Because right. it comes off as selling. But if you go into I'm creating content to allow people to get to know Phil Treadwell or allow people to get to know Michelle Verma Michael then they want to work with us because they like us. And then, oh, right. by the way, Phil happens to be you know a phen- phenomenal loan officer that also you know, you can now go work for him if you want to, right? Or Michelle, you can now hire me to, to teach you how to use Instagram more effectively in your business, but that's not the gatekeeper to how they get to know us, right? Or how they decide to give us their money. Um, at least I don't think it should be. And so I think this plays into other yeah. things that we've talked about.
1: Yeah, I think a great example. Um, you know, uh, Kyle Draper's a great friend of mine. Is great friend of yours as well. Um, you know, on on a podcast interview I did with him, he said, you know, even people who let's say they have an incredible book of business, an incredible referral network, and 100 of their business is warm referrals from other people. Uh, first of all, congratulations. That's 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 an incredible thing to have. But what happens now is if five years ago, and this was the statement that Kyle made, if five years ago. Uh, I said, Hey, you need to use Kyle Draper. He is absolutely incredible. You know, uh, use him for your mortgage loan or use him as your, your realtor. People would just do it right. No questions asked what happens today when someone says, Hey, you need to check out this restaurant or you need to use this person, you know, this service or whatever. The first thing we do is we go look him up on social media. Mm-hmm. And if you know, you don't have a page at all, or there's nothing on there, then they're like, wait a minute. I thought Phil said Kyle Draper was the man. I thought that this was supposed to be this incredible thing. So now it's about social proof. So even people that aren't trying to create leads on social media per se, they still need to be uh, posting some content about, again, not just what they do, but who they are. So that people have some semblance of, is this someone I want to do business with? You know, we could go down the, the five-star review um, rabbit hole if we wanted to. I don't think we need to. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, Whenever we look at a product on Amazon, when we look at a restaurant that someone recommends, if you go and they have, you know, three stars or, you know, worse yet, they have five stars and only two reviews, you, you take it with a grain of salt, right? Like, you know, uh, if, if you don't have something on there for people to reference that lives up to the referral, or the recommendation that someone gave you're still missing it. So sometimes that social media isn't about directly creating those leads; is much supporting who you are and what you do.
0: Yeah, I think it's about building credibility or backing up the referral, right? And I think that's another change in the marketplace as far as how we hire people. It's hey, go use Phil Treadwell, or hey, go use Kyle Draper, or or you know, hey, go, um, you know, download the Instagram Power Method, whatever it is. But I, if, if I can't go and look you up on social media, if I can't find you on Instagram and here's a great example, right? My husband and I finally got to have our real wedding thanks to COVID, um, at the end of, or middle of last year and the venue that we chose, I found them on Instagram and I found, you know, probably five to seven different ones, you know, naturally, uh, of course, that's what, you know, girls do. We go on Instagram and we look that stuff up and I DMs, all of them that I found. And I literally sent a message saying, Hey, I'm getting married next year. I'm interested in your venue. Now this leads into another part of this conversation that I want to have, which is that all of them should have responded if they wanted my business. Right. First of all, but second of all, um, what the light bulb moment was, is that even though these people have presences, they're not consistently showing up and they're not consistent on other platforms. So what do I mean by that? So for example, I found one that I really, really, really liked. Um, the pictures were gorgeous. They, You could tell that they had vendors that were helping um, all of the brides. So it was kind of like this all-inclusive thing. So I sent a DM message, never responded. Five, six, seven days go by, still never got a response. Their last piece of content was like six to seven months prior to when I sent that message. So it was pretty outdated, right? You go on their website, And their website was updated. They have a blog on their website. And the most recent piece of content was like two or three days before that. And so there's no consistency across the platforms. So the one I ended up going with was the one that had the least website presence, but had the best social presence and was the most responsive. So they ended up responding to me immediately and asked, hey, when can you guys come up to Flagstaff to go come look at our venue? We'd love to have you. Uh, My husband and I went up met them, loved it, immediately signed a contract that day to get married there the following year. Now that goes into this next part of, you know, being able to repurpose content and create consistency, but I couldn't find a website for crap for the, these people. But what I did find was multiple social channels. I saw Facebook, Instagram, they even had a Twitter, which I don't really think anybody super cares about Twitter anymore personally um but they had a lot of you know their highlights were set up on Instagram they had before and afters they had all of this stuff that made it really creep made me really excited to send them a message and i didn't need to know how much they cost i didn't need to know you know do you guys have other vendors or is it like an all of carte thing i didn't care right i cared about and craved that hey this person is giving me what i feel like i need and then we went from there so um what's your take on on all of that i know you probably want to you're probably chomping at the bit to get after that one a little bit.
1: No, I mean, I, I think you're exactly right. You know, most people anymore, you know, a website is not near as important as social media profiles in my opinion. I think it, it also kind of depends on the type of business that, that you have and, and what type of business that you're doing. There's so many things anymore that can create the social credibility that you're talking about. And whenever people go search, they want to see you in a lot of different places, not just necessarily one hub. Now, I think a website is very important. You know, don't, don't mistake that. But I don't think that your, your website itself, as you said, is is as important as it is the consistency in which you're, you're branding yourself across different social media profiles. And I'll give you an example of, of something that I think is super important that it keeps people relevant. If let's say that you had two or three or four um, you know, different social media profiles or more, right? You can talk about six, seven, eight, uh, whenever you, you start including some of the, the lesser used ones, maybe you're trying to attract an niche audience. Um, you know, in mortgage and real estate, we could be talking about Pinterest and next door. And like you said, Twitter, outside of, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, obviously TikTok. I mean, just right there, we've listed what eight different platforms. One of the things that you need to, to keep in mind is do not just take your content and copy it, across every single one of those platforms doesn't mean you can't use the same type of content repurposed a little bit differently but you need to keep in mind what that platform is supposed to be used for and what i what i've seen a lot of of things happen is you'll have mortgage professionals that will start using a few different social media uh, channels and like you said the consistency is off they either aren't continuing to put content on all of them. And I'm not advocating saying that you need to pick eight social media profiles and do them all. What I'm saying is if you started putting content on a platform and let's say you've changed your branding or you're doing something different and you just leave the old version of you there and you're doing stuff over here. Let's say that you're really focused on your Instagram page, but you have a Facebook page out there, a professional page, or, or even a personal page, and the branding isn't consistent. People get confused. Where people are confused, they they don't take action, right? Because they're indecisive and they're not sure how to interpret it. Um, there's a book years ago that that I read and I still recommend to this day. It's How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling uh, by Frank Betger. Uh, Frank Betger was a friend of Dale Carnegie's, and the book is really good. It's not even people think it's a how to sell book, and it's not. It's a how to show up book. It's how to track your activity, how to uh, understand the trends between what you're doing. And one of the things that he says in there is make sure it, again, this is uh, probably close to you know, 75 years ago now that the context of this book was written in, but he says your appearance, you know, guys, you need to get your hair cut frequently and make sure it looks the same. Make sure your appearance is, is very similar to, to what people know you as. Uh, we, you know, women is the same thing. Don't change your hair drastically know, uh, try to do it a little bit over time. The reason why is because whenever people see that, and this can be the same for social media, if something's drastically different than what they're expecting, they pay more attention to why it's different or what's going on than they are the message that you're trying to relay to them. And that's extremely important because you only have a few seconds uh, to to grab someone's attention to potentially get them for ten or twenty seconds, and then you're hoping if you get them for you know sixty seconds that I mean it's a windfall. Now, obviously, podcasts and YouTube, you're looking for for longer periods of time, but in regular social channels, if that you show up with a piece of content or they like go look at your page and it's drastically different than what it should be or what they're expecting or what they've seen from another platform they, that creates confusion. And now all of a sudden they're not looking at your content and your messaging. They're looking at why does things look and feel different. And so again, you want to focus on what you can do very, very well. And if you've gone and done other social media platforms and you've changed your branding, even if you're not posting content, at least update the branding on it or just get rid of the profile altogether. I'd rather you have two or three or one really, really strong social media profile that you're constantly you know, doing stuff with that you're updating than have six, eight, 10 where everything's really off and you're not doing it consistently. So we may talk about some ways that you can, um, you know, duplicate and repurpose your content so that you can effectively put content out on multiple channels consistently without feeling like that's your full time job in and of itself.
0: Yeah, no, I think one one of the things I want to say is if I Google you, right? If I Google Phil Treadwell, I get all of those social platforms that you're on, right? I can find right. the podcast, I can find the fact that you work for Thrive Mortgage, right? I can find your Google reviews. I can find your Instagram. I can find your Twitter. I can find all of those places. And I know that if I click into those, I'm going to get the same fill on every single platform. Uh, People do that. You know, I've talked to multiple people who have said that to me. They're like, Michelle, we Googled you and you're everywhere. Like, how are you everywhere? And the only way I say, or my only response to them is I just show up as often as possible Wherever I can, right? Meaning, like, if I get asked to be on a podcast, if I get asked to post, um, like, Inman, for example, right? I had an article that went out on Inman, so they emailed me. They said, "Hey, can you share this to your stories?" Of course, I can, right? So I share it to my stories. um, They shared it to their stories. So now I have people reaching out to me from Inman who found me, right? So it's like creating all of this cross pollination of like, where is Michelle, and you know, who is Michelle on all these different platforms? but I'm, I'm the same. If you YouTube me, right. If you just type in Michelle Berman on YouTube, it's all the same stuff. Um, so I want to ask you point blank, how would you tell somebody, especially in the mortgage space? Because I think content that gets put out, let's be, you know, very honest here. I think a lot of the mortgage related content that people are putting on social, um, you know, even doing YouTube videos about it's really boring. It's very, very dry. And you know, the newsletters that go out via email that I see, uh, every day because i end up on all these you know different email lists and get the emails it's just bad right so first let's talk about that how because i know you've talked about this recently right how would you tell somebody to change their voice to make it less dry um, or elevate their voice we'll say it that way and then two let's say somebody makes a podcast episode with you know somebody they interviewed but they want to share it to instagram and then they also want to send it to their email list how would you coach somebody to do that based off of your experience in doing it?
1: Yeah, two, two great questions. The first thing, uh, the, the, the first question you asked was, how do you elevate your voice or, or make it less dry, right? Um, some people do not necessarily have a gift for uh, coming up with content that's engaging or understanding what's, what's going to help that. So the first piece of advice is I tell people, what do you engage with? What do you like to see content on social media? We spend so much time thinking it has to just be about real estate or mortgage that we forget that there's lots of things that are a very close, you know, uh, arm's length from those things that are going to attract the right kind of people that are much more engaging. And I'll give you an example. When my wife and I first moved to Dallas... Um, in the, the house we had this really big covered back porch, and I'm like, this is a perfect place for like a fire pit, you know, one of those stand up ones, or you know, maybe I got into the yard and, and dig one or whatever. I was really really spending a lot of time on this, and as I'm looking through a lot of the these these DIY do it yourself fire pits, um, there was an insurance agent who was was sharing all kinds of cool DIY projects around the house, and I was really engaged by that, and and you know, being a student of of marketing and sales. I thought it was incredible that an insurance agent had enough forethought to think, hey, people are going to be moving into new homes. They're going to be looking at new homes or be thinking about projects. That's a great way to bring the right type of people being homeowners and, and put them in front of me. And so the first thing is, what are things that you like to look up? What are things that you like to see on social media? And then find something that you enjoy doing that you can get good at. Because if you don't enjoy it, you won't be good at it and you sure won't do it consistently. And that's really what matters. So if, if you find yourself putting out content that you wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't pay attention to, then, then you've already got a problem. Um, again, I'll reference Kyle again. Kyle says it best. If you wouldn't say it to someone at coffee, don't say it on social media. I love that. And I see a lot of real estate professionals, and this may be a very unpopular opinion with your audience. But if this is you, I want you to pay attention. Hey, this is my new listing. Hey, this is my listing that just went under contract. Hey, this is my listing that just sold, right? We kind of laugh about it, but I see it every day. People yeah. are showing those things. Guys, I understand that you're trying to show that you're a really good realtor and that you're you're getting business and, and there's a reputation piece of that that I totally understand. But reputation is also about relevance, right? We naturally trust, we talk about that no like and trust formula We naturally trust and are drawn to people that are like us. And that doesn't mean physical appearance even. That means, you know, if you think about when you're at the DMV or at a restaurant, why is it we talk about the weather? It's because that's the one thing we for sure have in common at that moment with that person. The weather, we're, we're both in the same weather, right? And then it leads to, oh, yeah, your mom and my aunt, you know, went to the same place or whatever. And we find these things. And it's just like, uh, I remember traveling to, to Europe right after I graduated high school with with this big educational tour. And we saw a bunch of Americans in, when we were in Venice. It was the 4th of July. And we're like, oh, hey, you high five, we're from the U.S., but we don't. I don't walk around the U.S. doing that unless maybe you know, living in Texas, I'm in Florida where my brother lives, and I see someone else from Texas. I'm like, hey, I'm from Texas too. High five! But I don't do that in Texas unless, again, living in Dallas, I'm in Houston and I see some from from Dallas. Okay, you get the idea. We naturally connect and trust at least a little bit people that we have something in common with. So the type of people you want to attract, what's your audience, right? The, the basic marketing formula is who is your audience? Who's your target market? Number two is what type of message or value should really be the key uh, that you want to give that audience? And then the third step is to figure out what's the most effective medium to deliver that message or value to that audience, okay? Well, if you're someone like me who likes guitars, right? Played guitar for a long time, not great at it, but I'm okay at it but I really like it. And if I wanted to find, you know, middle-aged dads that were mediocre at guitar, I could put that on on social media and attract that audience because they're going to find that valuable because we have that in common, right? Or, you know, you think of anything in your life, all the content pillars that you teach, talk, think about those types of things. What is it you would pay attention to? And what is it you would have in common with your intended audience? And that's the easiest way in the world to get a lot more followers, a lot more eyeballs, a lot more earballs. Listening, paying attention to your content. Now, the second part of your question is: Let's say you're doing a podcast or you record videos. How do you get that across multiple platforms? Um, that's really about content repurposing, and it sounds like a really big phrase. And all it really means is to take a long form piece of content and to break it up into smaller pieces of content. And really, the the best and maybe the only way that I know to describe it is kind of what we do with my podcast. Similar to this, I do have a conversation with an industry professional or someone even outside of the industry. We have a conversation for 20 or 30 or 40 minutes. After that recording is done, my team immediately goes through and listens for it and uh, or listens to it and and listens for um, really good quotes, you know, one or two line quotes that we can turn into a quote graphic, right? A quote pick. Like we see those all over Instagram. You can put them on Instagram. You can put them on several different social media sites, um, we also go through and look for 30 to 60 second clips that would be really engaging for either a square video or a 9 by 16 that you can use on Reels and TikTok. And again, we try to pay attention to context. If it's just someone that's giving a, you know a good piece of advice, um, that may just be a square, you know, informational video, right? 30 to 60 seconds. And I say under 60 seconds because obviously, if it's over 60 seconds, it's going to go to IGTV, and, and that may be a little bit different strategy. Um, if it's really motivational and engaging, hey, maybe that's a real. Then we'll, we'll take, you know, maybe two, three, four, five minute video clips and just keep them the 16 by nine, right? The, the horizontal uh, uh, landscape and put that on YouTube. Well, now what's happened is I've taken one piece of content. The audio has become a podcast. We've used some written through some quotes and we can even do a transcript and put that on a blog. Potentially, we don't do that, but we could. And then we go through and find video clips that are going to serve the purpose of whatever that social media platform is. And we're still, you know, don't have it mastered by any stretch of the imagination. We've now got it down to where we've got a pretty streamlined way to pull content, but we've not mastered what the copy is on it as far as the title or the or the text. And I say that to say, but we're still putting it out. We're still putting out content. People still comment on it. People engage. And, and the thing that I think is most important in this is you have to do something. Record a video, right? If you don't know how to, um, you know, repurpose this content, get with Michelle. Michelle has an entire team and she has an entire network of people that are going to be a great fit for you to repurpose that content. But the point is, don't overthink it, right? You just need to consistently put out content. You need to consistently do it over time. And the last thing I'll say on on this part is stop looking at vanity metrics. People are, are always wanting to... To say, well, well, you know, I only had like five likes on that, or I had you know thirty people that look at it. Okay, let's put it in context. Let's say it was two thousand seven, and you said, hey, um, I got to say thirty seconds to fifteen different people or forty different people. Was that networking an event a success? You sure bet it was. Right now, all of a sudden on social media, they're like, I only had forty views and only five people thought it was worth anything. That thirty second thing that I posted on there. Okay, 2007, even 2012, that was a win, right? I got to talk to that many people and a handful of them actually kind of liked what I had to say. So it doesn't matter whether you get thousands of views or have thousands of followers. You only need a small community. And frankly, you only need about three to five people because they also have a circle of three to five people who also have a circle of three to five people and on and on we go. But when those people refer you, they're going to first come to your social media page. And if there's nothing there for them to see, or there's not anything relevant for them to take a look at, you may miss an opportunity that you've been working hard for because you're like, well, I don't know what to say. Say something.
0: Yeah. One of, one of the things too that you said is you only need three to five people to care, right? Let's, let's think about even our relationship, for example, right? Let's back all the way up to 2019. I DM. Phil Treadwell, this guy who I've never spoken to, didn't know anything about him other than I knew he had this podcast, Merge Marketing Expert, and I had listened to a couple of episodes, right? That relationship between you and I turned into you introducing me to a handful of other people who then introduced me to a handful of other people to then continue that to the point where now I finally had enough people tell me, Michelle, you need to start a freaking podcast for me to start a podcast. But it started all the way back in 2019 with one person introducing me to the next person, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what social media can do for you, right? So if you have five people that see your content, that's five people who have the opportunity to save your content, share your content potentially. Um, and you know we see this all the time, right? If somebody tags you in something, you then reshare it to your stories or you then reshare it to your page. And you're now cross pollinating eyeballs. Right. So now all of your eyeballs from your account are seeing me. Um, and all of my people are seeing you, right. I just Mm -hmm. did this this morning. I tagged you in a story because I'm, I'm sitting here getting to hang out with you. So now everybody in my audience is going to be like, who's this Phil Treadwell guy? Well, they probably know, but now they're going to go see your account. Now, one thing we didn't mention, and I want your take on this is emails. So I teach a very, very specific way around doing this, because my goal is if you're going to create all of this better content, you're going to take the time creating conversations around things that people actually care about. Um, and I know you use the guitar example, and I have another friend, uh, Phil Dodds, who is another mortgage loan officer in Iowa who does every single value series post in the form of a reel. And almost every single one of them, he's playing a guitar talking about VA loans or talking about loan, like conforming loan limits or talking about loan related stuff, but he does it in a way that is really entertaining. So he takes what could have been something that's not that cool of a topic and turned it into, I'm now entertaining you while talking about this topic. So even though I don't necessarily care about loan limits, I care about working with Phil because Phil's awesome. So, but what Phil has now done is he's turning those reels and he's turning those short form videos talking about those conversations into emails, right? So he sends them out to his email list with a call to action, driving them to either his Instagram or his Facebook or his YouTube, wherever he chooses to send them for that particular video. Um, And I think there's so much power in that because the people who are on our email list in many cases are not following us on social um, or vice versa. If they're following us on social, they're probably not on our email list so people being worried about, well, am I going to annoy my audience if I'm sharing the same content everywhere? I think we have to let that one go. Um, but I also think that we have to remember a couple of months ago, right? Facebook and Instagram went down for an entire day. So how do you stay in touch with your people, your emails, right? So talk to me about what you would, or what your take is on the email side of things. And I think we'll, uh, we'll kind of wrap up after that.
1: Yeah, so a big fan of email, but I'm also a proponent of, of, to your point, doing email right. Um, I think there's a couple of ways that we've leveraged it. Um, One is the only way to get open rates is to have something that people want to look at. A platform that we utilize uh, is a platform called HomeBot, and a lot of you may be familiar with it or not. Uh, But what HomeBot does is it sends a monthly digest to your entire database or email list, about their home, so you essentially want to have their name and address uh, with an email address. And what it'll do is it will send them information about the properties around them, potential listings, what their value is, what their equity is, you know, some payment calculators. And people open their digest many, many times. The first time, it was a guy who wasn't a homebot representative. Um, he was actually a loan officer at a conference that was just sharing his, you know, uh, a personal uh, database. And that in the last 30 days, there have been 754 of the digests that had gone out and he had over 1,000 opens. Now, it doesn't mean that every single one of those people opened it, but it does mean that every single uh, or the, the people that opened it typically opened it more than once and they really wanted the information. I use that as an example is why does a homebot versus you know the average newsletter on MailChimp or Constant Contact or whatever else. Why does one have, you know, at best a 20, 30% open rate and HomeBot across the board, its entire company is getting 88, 85, 90% open rate. It's because of the content. It's the same thing with a podcast. You don't have to have a perfect microphone or a perfect camera or perfect content, you know, all all edited and published. Content is king. If you send something in an email that someone uh, can find valuable, they'll open it. They'll pay attention to it. If you have something on social media that's valuable, people will pay attention to it. They will follow you. If you have a podcast that you're talking about things that your audience cares about, they will continue to listen. They will share with other people. And uh, something happened for the first time in my entire uh, mortgage career or in the podcast career that I know of. I had a lady who's a loan officer that used to work for me uh, a few years ago, and we still stayed in touch a little bit. and, and uh, She sent me a text message and said, "Hey, your 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 latest podcast was really really cool. It was uh, it was with Dan Habib. It's a Barry Habib uh, is and he owned uh, Barry's his dad. They they he was one of the co founders of of uh, MBS Highway. Dan was. Dan's also very involved in crypto. Uh, but he's a student of the markets. And we talked about the Fed and housing supply and crypto. And we had a really, it was really, really educational episode. It was an incredible episode. And she said, hey, I just want to let you know that I, I sent it out to over a hundred of my realtors. And I thought that was interesting because I've had a lot of people that have shared it or, or shared it with, you know, on social media, or things like that. But she intentionally reached out and said, hey, there was something in here that I knew resonated with me. And all the realtors I work with are, are of a like mind. And I shared it all of them because I, I thought that they would find value in it. Here's the thing that has nothing to do with me. The thing is, yes, I'll get exposure from it. But what she did is she sent her audience a piece of content that resonated with her. And she said, hey, I thought you might find a lot of value in this. Guys, that's the social media game. That's what we need to be doing. That's the email game, which was the original question. Find something that someone else created, right? Find something that people are going to like and share it. You get the credit for it, right? We say all the time if you don't know what to say on a video, go watch someone else's video about something that's interesting to you. Go read an article about something that's interesting to you and record yourself for 30 seconds telling other people about it, right? Content curation is what that's called sharing other people's content or or creating original content, just giving your take on what someone else said. People want to hear that, they want to pay attention to it, even if they wouldn't read the original article they may want your synopsis. Maybe you're saving people time. Guys, with email, we get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails all the time. That's why text became popular, right? That's why we're we're DMing people on social media. That's why it's a great strategy. But email is still a very, very powerful tool and is something that is going to continue to be a long-term marketing strategy. But if you're just sending stuff to promote yourself, if you're just sending you know, uh, pieces of content or a newsletter or articles talking about your business and to promote your business and things like that, people are going to click spam so that it goes to the junk mail every time, or they're just going to delete it. And even if you do, they open it for a second, they're not actually going to consume the content. So the moral in that story across the board is if you'll give them something to pay attention to that they might find interesting, great. You send it, they'll open it, and you'll have a great strategy that way. So I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's what I got.
0: No, I think it's it's absolutely perfect, and it's exactly what people need to hear, right? It's don't just send an email to send an email, and I think that's the moral of the story here it, it, with everything that we're talking about is whether it's posting something on social media, whether it's sending an email, whether it's, uh, you know, send, even sending a text message, I, I think we can all agree, like, don't just send a text to send a text. Uh, think about who the person is on the receiving end and is this designed to help them or is it designed to be annoying to them, right? Meaning like just another one of the many emails that they get. Um, And I think, uh, you know, people ask about being unique and all of that. And I think we could probably record an entire another hour talking about that alone. But um, just for the, you know, the sake of time here, I wanna make sure that people have an opportunity to know where can we go find you, Phil? Where can we spend more time learning from you? And just let us know or, or, let my audience know, you know, how they can connect with you.
1: I appreciate that. Um, pretty easy to find on social just at Phil Trudwell. I'm pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm a little more active on some than others. Uh, definitely hit me up on Instagram, shoot me a DM. Uh, I even check the ones where if we're not connected, I always look through there and um, a lot of them are spam, but some people let's reach out, but shoot me a DM. I'd love to love to connect. Um, as far as the podcast, it's mortgage marketing expert. Uh, easiest way to find out where to listen is just go to MMEpodcast.com. Uh, there's a link tree there that you can uh, find all the platforms and love your feedback. It's it's for mortgage and real estate professionals. We even have a lot of insurance folks that listen, um, have uh, probably as many or more real estate guests anymore as we do mortgage. Uh, but we'd, we'd love to to connect with you and, and hear feedback. If there's something like, hey, that episode sucked, we'd love to know that too. Yeah. I, uh, we always want to get better and and, uh, and value any opinion.
0: Well, i can tell you after listening to darn near 100 episodes none of them even come close to the word suck i'm just gonna say that but
1: um, <laughs> i appreciate that
0: I, I can just tell all of you guys who you know maybe you haven't heard of phil until right now um, listening to this interview with him guys his podcast is insane it's so fire and there's so much value every single guest is totally unique in themselves um, and offers so much and if you find if even if you just take the time to listen to his episodes and then go connect with somebody that was in one of those episodes. I mean, just the amount of new relationships, you can build in doing that um, on such an authentic and genuine level is so powerful um, and what an easy way to start a conversation right hey I heard you on full treadwell's podcast like you know people people love that so. Um, I would encourage you guys to go down the wormhole of mortgage marketing expert and Phil Treadwell land. Um, He's awesome. And I'm excited to have had you here, Phil. And I know um, we'll definitely be doing this again soon, but thank you again for your time. Thanks for being here. Thanks for pouring into my audience. Um, And we will chat soon.
1: Appreciate being here. Looking forward to doing again.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.